Welcome to OK Video, coming to you from Calgary, Alberta, home of the 1988 Winter Olympics, and we got the C-Trains to prove it. I'm Nathan Rohr, formerly of Rogers Video Store 613, and I'm joined once again by my friend, Ryan McCullough. Hey there, Ryan here, also from Calgary, um, famously, more famously known as the home of Metropolis and Superman 3. Um, that's so, right. That's right. We're New York and Calgary. That's the two homes of Metropolis. Uh, yeah, so very excited to be watching movies, this this batch of films, since we're sequels, Superman 3, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Superman we, 3 maybe in the mix. <laughs> There's no way to know until later. Until it actually happens. <laughs> Anyways, I'm excited, and I'm here, and I'm watching movies with my friend Nathan. Uh, in this batch, uh, the fifth, we're looking at sequels uh, to films that one or both of us feel has been disrespected in some way over the years. Perhaps, perhaps... They may even be truly superior to the films that spawn them. Or uh, in other cases, yeah. Or in other or, cases, they shine in hindsight. But but yeah, also, like ahead. they could be superior to the films that spawn them, or they're superior to the subsequent sequels. Or out of the sequels, they rise above the rest of the sequels. Right. Like in any ways, there's they they probably have been in the shadows at some point yes. for some reason, and we're taking our rose-colored flashlight and finding him yes and looking at him again and and maybe we'll find something magical uh this this week's example is uh predator 2 directed by stephen hopkins uh you can't see it but there truly is a poster for this film behind me from uh, dragon con uh in atlanta this is where i got this and i just had to justify flying that far i had to bring back something what's some fantastic sort of treasure so it's, yeah. it's it's framed so that I can see this. It's framed, which is wonderful because like anybody can have lots of posters, but you actually frame. This is the one of the ones you framed. We've been going through our stores of posters, and this was one of the like, wow, right? I flew this across nations. Yeah, to that's bring what's this impressive about this whole thing is that you took a poster on an airplane. Like that is posters are finic- like they're hard things. I to bought travel. a big like blue tube at the con yeah. to like ferry it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is like a teaser poster or something. This is like hunting season opens again, art of the predator holding a skull. But it's like not quite a teaser because it's Christmas. like that's that is the building in L.A. that they're it's standing on too. That's true. That this this specific facade does appear in the film, but there's like no details as to who is in this or anything. But all you actually, need to know is there's a predator and he's going to be in the city. By the actually, so. but that's actually untrue. Originally, this shot was the conception, and it, this was going to be the Chrysler Building. The Chrysler Building also has these eagles, and then they were okay. like they went around L.A. to find <laughs> something similar. Because they really wanted it, and they changed the venue anyway. So that's that's this is actually okay, still so New York. Yes, big city, but which city was not even determined. No, yet, so well, wow. the whole script was written. Anyways, we can get into it, but this whole script was written with New York in mind. And there's so many times where you're like, this would have worked better in New York. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, it, 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 there's a big span of ten million dollars. That's a question mark on this one on Wikipedia. It cost twenty, maybe thirty million dollars. Uh, and it grows 57.1, so double-ish that. Mm-hmm. So that's not terrible. It's not terrible. It's not uh, as good as Predator, obviously, right? Yeah, it's not a smash, but, you know, that's that's how it goes with sequels sometimes. And, uh, yeah, why don't you give us a little rundown of Oh, this is important. This movie of- was released November 21st, 1990. 1990. My poster doesn't even say that. It just no. says this Christmas. Yes. So, yeah, sorry. I should have said... Uh, exactly what we're dealing with here time frame wise okay but yes 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 so it's 1997 los angeles is a cesspool of sweat blood 
and crime. What a perfect place for an alien from another planet to do some good old hunting. But not if Danny Glover can stop him. That's right. This time, it's Danny Glover. The producers thought, who's bigger and badder than Arnold? Not Stallone. Not Willis. Not even Lundgren. Only Danny Glover can fill those 11 and a half size shoes and then some. Interesting fact, uh, Danny Glover has size 10 shoes. Oh, I didn't know that about him. So he can't even fill Arnold's real shoes. (laughs) Did you feel he's being lackluster here or is it just like weird decisions? Like I heard Arnold was just asked for slightly too much money $250,000 is what I read I think you read the same that thing that sounds slight like for me that's not slightly that's like pretty good but that's but like slightly if you're Arnold's... getting a 10 million dollar paycheck which he was I think at the time yeah so huh uh anyways it's, uh, what it could have been I guess yeah uh no I what is this okay so predator 2 I saw predator 2 on TBS superstation when I was a kid okay so obviously Saturday like, Saturday was, like, I fell in love with 1990s L.A. aesthetics. Like, I think mm-hmm. you've, you and I have personally talked about this we before. We talked about it in our Alien Nation episode. Yeah, that's right. Because it tapped that's into right. some cinematography, like, Something that, that I think it is important. Films, yeah. Predator 2 is yeah. one of those movies that also taps into, like, that, like, weird, sunsetty, smoggy look of L.A. type of thing. You get a lot yeah. of the shots. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, so I saw this movie in 1992. I specifically remember seeing the bathroom scene first. I came into it halfway through, and it was like oh. the predator smashing up and cooking up this ooze and covering himself with his one arm. And I was just like, this movie looks dope. So I went yeah. to Blockbuster. My parents rented it for me, having no idea. They're like, oh, it's just a, a fun action film. Like, whatever. We'll rent this for our, like, nine-year-old son, ten-year-old son. And then uh-huh. what comes is, like, a super violent, super violent film that I, like – it marked me in a very awesome way as a child. Probably not awesome in real life, but like as a kid, I was like, this movie is so awesome. And oh, no. Wait, 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 wait. So you – did you see this and not having seen the first movie? Yeah, not yet, no. We weren't uh, – okay, we weren't. A, wow. We weren't yeah. a Schwarzenegger family. So my dad, my dad loves Stallone. My mom finds Stallone to be super attractive. So we watched uh-huh. a lot of Stallone films as a kid. Like I watched yeah. Cliffhanger and Demolition Man and all those things like – Rockies, Rambo's, all of those movies my, my my dad would show me. No like it was my uncle who liked Schwarzenegger and I was like, "Oh man, I didn't I loved my dad, but I didn't love my uncle." So kind of like in my head I was always had that balance of like Stallone's better than <laughs> right. Schwarzenegger. And so like I I seen a few like I saw Terminator 2 as a kid, I saw um I think I saw Running Man as a kid. But like Predator's one I actually saw as a teenager a few years after seeing uh Predator 2. And so I saw Predator 2 first. Okay. I, like, if I may go into my origin story yeah. with the oh, Predator sure. franchise as, like, a counterpoint. Because, like, this movie, like, Predator 1 was, like, sort of one of these legendary milestone movies for me. Because it was like, oh, dude, okay, so your mom has, like, an overnight shift at the hospital. Uh, I'm going to make a pizza. And I rented predator which is one of the coolest movies i have ever seen as your father yes. reiner okay. i'm gonna i'm gonna share this this treasure that the cinema gods have given us with you tonight yeah and we watched that so it was like an impossible level of like hype, hype and excitement and hope for it and i thought it was really awesome okay so it was just like oh this is this is one of the movies dude this is cool yeah, like, yeah. it's like you know it's like an action movies happening and we're shooting dudes and whatever and i've seen like 
I'm no, I don't even know what, what at that point, but I've probably seen some manner of, you know, running and gunning James Bond or something. But then an alien interrupts the whole thing. Yes. And it gets next level. Yeah. So it was just like, oh, wow, this is this is incredible. So this this is a situation where like the shadow is cast so steep yeah, yeah. on anything else that pertaining to it. So Predator 2, it was like a situation where it's like my friend David and I, I think, for like a sleepover or something are like, hey, yeah, let's check out the sequel to Predator. And then immediately just like, oh, all right. Yeah, this isn't really hitting the highs. So the that thing. was our experience, you know? I think if you're out there listening to this podcast, you're going to probably see throughout this whole thing who picked which movie. Because we actually kind of like split up. There's a few movies in this batch that you and I disagree on type of thing. Yeah. Whether they're superior We're kind of hoping not. for some like split decision potential with yes. this batch a little bit. Yeah. Because, okay, so on subsequent viewing of this film, so that I have that epic origin story of watching Predator 2 first. Yeah, and you caught a killer scene because I, I like earmarked that scene. This watching is like, wow, this is totally different than like everything else in this movie. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, and it's a great scene. Yeah. But then, okay. So there's a couple other key things that kind of come with this. And it's something that like in, in more subsequent scenes of this film really rose to the surface for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still have a tough, tough time with Arnold Schwarzenegger action films. Like as an adult, I'm like, I look at Stallone and like he's super ripped and, and super powerful, but he has a bit of like, he gets cut up, not like Bruce Willis level of cut up, but he gets like, like cut up. Like he gets hurt a lot in his movies. Schwarzenegger kind of has this like superhuman quality and that's really exemplified yeah. in Commando. Like in Commando, mm-hmm. he is non, like nobody touches him in that movie. Right, like ostensibly it's a lot like Rambo, but in every Rambo you have a scene where he's laid low by like a spike of wood or, or like something, gets yeah. shot or something. Or there, there's a big menacing dude that himself. is like, he is yeah. manhandling Stallone, like Stallone, Stallone oh, has to be really clever. Oh, getting tortured in like every single yeah. one. Yeah. And yeah. Schwarzenegger just doesn't have that motif about himself. So as I'm saying like as an action fan, I don't, I'm not appealed by those things. I find them fun to watch. I still, I like those movies quite a bit, but they're never going to be my favorites. Because mm-hmm. Stallone just is too superhuman, and like even superheroes, like we watch Super in the Age of Superheroes, right? Like he's too steel jawed, magic man compared to Stallone's like more every man. Yes, I guess. and it's like, and then yeah. like obviously Bruce Willis came around and showed us what really every man was type of thing with Die Hard. Yeah, because like Die Hard's every man is like, oh man, that guy ran a glass, and the rest of the movie you see the consequences of that decision he has to make. So yeah, yeah, which is nice, and I think that's what people wanted. And Stallone kind of still has that little bit of a superhuman <laughs> later on, especially Rocky Four. Right, I'm thinking of Predator One, like dude straight up outruns a nuke. Yes, and then it's just standing there, kind of grizzled, and it's like Gary Busey yeah, Dutch says, "Can't be killed by no nuke." It's Gary stupid, Busey literally but... says, "This explosion would have leveled three city blocks." Yeah, and Stallone and Schwarzenegger in the first movie outruns it completely in a forest like a full dense forest and like kid me was trying to justify i was like we jump behind that tree (laughs) like there was a big stump right there and it's like that dude blocks of city like what are you talking about so (laughs) okay so for me like right off the bat there's a few things about this movie that i think really is important i don't know about you and maybe think about this a bit i get a lot of um paul verhoeven robocop vibes from this film Oh, like in terms of what it's doing with like being set in the future and like weird ultra violence, over the top Los Angeles culture, ultra violence. 
Everything kind of has a Here's cartoony. Here's the thing with the ultra violence. This movie needs more squibs. Like, I was bummed out with what was going on. Oh, sure. But then you there's know? still so many, like... There's aftermath. Oh, the, like, the aftermath is intense in this movie, man. But, like, there's opening shootouts with, like, that... There's two street gangs yes. fighting at the outset of this movie with, like, giant assault rifles. Yeah. And dudes are getting shot, and it's like, did Superstation already get a pass at this? Like, what's going on? Where's, <laughs> right. where's my squib? There isn't that Paul Verhoeven on the gun bullet level type of thing. Yeah, yeah. But there is in, the, like, the the Predator mutilating human bodies level. Oh, sure. There's tons of hanging corpses. Well, and yeah. he just, like, ripping, like, spines and skulls out of people's and... And Although I heard that got toned down too because they were getting NC-17. Yeah, which also kind of gives me Paul Verhoeven vibes because he also would get like – just for me uh, – I, I feel his are punchier. I, yes, I'm not trying Nathan, to like say I'm Stephen not, Hopkins. I'm not saying this yeah. is Paul Verhoeven level. I'm saying vibes. Vibes meaning like okay. there's some the things vibes, there. The vibes, the train scene was total Verhoeven vibes. Oh, yes. Like when everyone pulls out pistols. Yes. I was like, okay, we're no, in no, like that, kooky that, Los exactly. Angeles. Exactly, and even yeah. hardcore hardcore – Kind of has oh, that like show. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like everything like is kind of like ads and Gary yeah. Busey is over the top the whole time and so silly. Like there's something about like I'm not saying like Stephen Hopkins Hoskins is Paul Verhoeven. Hopkins, like, that's crazy. Yeah. That's actually crazy. Like yeah, Paul yeah. Verhoeven is an artist on the next and he can do violence on another level. I'm just saying I get those vibes from his movie that he's like it's like he sat down and watched Robocop and he's like I really want to exemplify this in my movie. But he doesn't he's not as good as doing it. Right, like by choosing choosing near future and like getting to be sort of pessimistic about LA's yes. boiling point or whatever. Yes. it's yeah, and, I can see it. And Bill Paxton's like uh, heroic death, oh, but he's man, such Bill a cartoony Paxton. character. He starts to I, I he grew on me though. Yes. Like he starts as kind of just a sexist jerk, and then over time he starts just having like a fun energy yes. that I was into. And then I got one of my rug pulls in this movie where the movie was kind of done with him and I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But I have a list of those. So we'll 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 start a little before, I guess, with... I did appreciate the very opening shot of just kind of panning over trees and, like, <laughs> setting you up to think, oh, yeah, Predator, like, I got that music I playing, know, I got the I know. font, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's, then it whips up and it's the skyscrapers. And it's immediately, you know? immediately says Los Angeles. But the thing is, like, I've, I've seen this movie so many times now that, like, all I can see is, like, Laurel Canyon and, like, the windy road, like, Mulholland Drive oh, type. so you're just like, I know where that is. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> Which is fine, but it is a, it definitely is a clever idea. Like, I guarantee you when Jim and John Thomas sat down to write this, they're like, oh, how great would it be if, like, but that would that shot wouldn't have worked in New York. There is no, like, foresty oh, park or something yeah it's it like, like we're, in, we're in central park that looks a little panning up <laughs> type of thing like anyways yeah it's a fun that's it's a fun opening shot um a big thing for me about this movie is like the predator is ever present throughout the whole movie he keeps popping in for little bits yeah, yeah like for, from the very first action scene that you're talking about where there's these two gangs facing off in the street he's the one that resolves that conflict Man, do you like that though? I found that like pacing craziness. Oh no, but... no I was I'll, I'll, I'm all on board. I find I find the predator to have terrible pacing that they oh, accidentally fell into. They accidentally fell into okay. this. They had a totally different movie planned, and they were filming mm-hmm. a movie where uh, a predator was going to be um, like uh, horrorizing this group of people the entire movie. And you've seen that original concept of the Jean Claude Van Damme monster, right? Oh sure, but like, oh, what a happy accident that happened! I don't oh, know. Oh, I, like, I don't. I totally disagree. Forty-five minutes of that okay. movie is boring. Just 
like blase. Oh I was like remapping stuff. this movie in contrast to the first movie and being like, they should have just, just been making a Lethal Weapon movie, and then that movie gets interrupted by a Predator movie because that's the pattern. Yes, but that would that, that would be a better pattern than just a dude <laughs> running around the jungle killing random Asian people. Like it just it just it oh, wasn't it's, it's interesting. Like, oh, okay, like. I, I yeah we, all right this See, is this be, we're gonna be season. at odds a lot and that's fine <laughs> i knew this was kind of coming up because there's gonna be times where yeah. we're not gonna be at ads i know that there's movies on here that you and i both care about deeply okay but like and also like okay so i was talking about this before we started recording but like this is gonna be a season that like it's it's gonna be hard for us to like rationally sit down and think about these things because because my story and your story are so intimately connected to childhood moments of nostalgia oh 100 percent so there's yeah. therefore it's like how could we have a rational argument where it's like no I do I actually do like Predator two more than Predator like actually That's insane dude <laughs> okay <laughs> well well I'll, I mean I'll thresh through my feelings of of two here I guess and we'll we'll see where we end up uh the gang fight at the beginning of the movie I was immediately just getting all these like oh man this age really bad oh hundred percent just Colombians and Jamaicans being demonized and scapegoated as like the criminals of Los Angeles yes and they're really hammy costumes and everything uh so I I'll just put that there okay but then <laughs> let me put yeah. let me equally put the predator on there with having like a Comanche uh as they would say Indian on their team and he's like not played by any Billy. Native American person. Like, yeah. Okay. Oh, your or, multi-ethnic crew of, of mercenaries. Yeah. yeah. Or you go in and they're fighting this like random group of Asian like terrorists. The, I believe it's the Colombian or Mexican jungle. It's like it's it's drug cartel related as well, I guess. I found that thread between these two because it's like, oh, the drug wars are kind of happening in Los Angeles. And it's like, I guess it was kind of a drug war thing in the first movie, too. Yeah. They were just intervening in another country. Mm-hmm. So... As so I'm saying, like, op or whatever. Action movies yeah. just sit in bad stereotype era. This is an era of bad stereotypes. The one thing that's for this movie is they gave an uh, action lead to Danny Glover, like as a I know, solo. I was trying to counterbalance with that of just like, well, that's big, that's mm-hmm. cool, and like his I whole entire team. More to do his whole but... entire team. There's only one white guy in his whole team of like police detectives. Paxton, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then the rest of them are like also like uh, are also like ethnic. So I'm like, I agree with you. Yeah. Like it was deeply problematic to see a Jamaican crime lord practicing voodoo when voodoo is like a Haitian concept. Like there's problems in that for sure. But like, I just, you can't, I'm going to be an apologetic for this movie. And so like anytime that gets put out there, I'm going to put out something for the predator. That's also in my mind. No, see predator is like airtight though. So (laughs) well, it's going to be tough for you, but okay. It's fine. It's fine. You, you have a few things on your side. John, John McTiernan is a better director than Stephen Hoskins. 100%. You keep saying Hoskins. So I think we know how lame Hopkins is. Yeah. Sorry. I apologize. I have Bob, Bob in my brain. Um, yeah, (laughs) <laughs> he is a better John McTiernan is a definitely a better director no Stephen Hopkins is not worth knowing his name because if you look at his like what he's made they're movies that I enjoy but nobody cares about them like I like Lost yeah. World and Ghosts in the Darkness but like Roger Lost Ebert hates all of the movies he's ever made <laughs> okay like, you said Lost World which will come up later sorry, Lost but, in Space uh, I apologize yeah 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 um, um but, oh man Alan Silvestri I just have to call him out right now because like moments into this movie i was like i am hearing alan silvestri and i know i am yeah because something about this percussion is just a hundred percent his wheelhouse <laughs> and then it was yes but it's also just a lot of his score from the first movie is still here yes like, oh for sure things. 
Like, and, yeah. it, and it revisits it a lot, especially whenever, like, the Predator shows up behind the scenes and stuff like that. Like, it shows up and it pops up. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, like I didn't watch the first one fresh for for this this revisit here. It's it's pretty firmly in my mind, but ditto. I mean, yeah, I'm trying to not really compare and contrast too hard with that. I guess it's more just uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess like there's the gang of mercenaries, there's the gang of cops here. I felt the gang of cops in this gang uh, squad like are kind of trivialized a little bit. Like they kind of cut through them really fast and move on to other groups of characters that you don't really know sure. that the predator can kill. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I kind of would wish there was more of like a big scene for each of these guys. Like Paxton gets a fight, you know, mm-hmm. but then Maria is just kind of dispatched as a side for that. You know what Well, I mean? Maria doesn't die. She just, Oh, right. She gets, yeah. Like, so the, oh, so the, I, I'm going to totally disagree with you. Like, I think Danny, Danny dies in like as a tragic way for like Bill Bill Paxton. Danny is not dead. No, no, no. I'm talking about uh, his, his friend, his friend Danny. Oh, right. The okay. actual Ruben. the character name at Danny type of thing. I don't. I, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, yeah he yeah. he dies in a tragic way, going and doing some like he's not supposed to be researching what's happening in this uh, with this predator Aftermath. thing, but he goes and gets yeah. killed, and that kind of like spurs on. Um, Mike Hardigan or Danny Glover's character. Yeah. So yeah. he dies in like in a yeah like sure he's not going to take on people but he's also a city cop. Whereas like the, I think the like they did a really good job with it with the premise of what's happening because this isn't an elite crew of highly trained Navy, Navy SEALs that are like filled with like every single stereotype of like action star to the point all mm-hmm. the way down to like even having Shane Black on the team as the wise mouth because he's a wisecracking screenwriter. So this is like right. a different thing, and so uh-huh. like, therefore, there he the predator has to the fan out and kill have a higher body count than having like a bunch of adversaries that actually are tough for him to kill. This is like not as good of a predator as the predator in the first one. Yeah, it's a younger, less experienced predator, is my understanding. Yeah, totally, because but, he yeah, Danny Glover successfully defeats him. I guess so. Yeah, he uses his own weaponry. Danny but, Glover uh, disarms did... him and kills him. Arnold Schwarzenegger stabs him in the chest and then the guy kills himself. Well, and has to set up this like elaborate maze of traps to even get him weakened. Yes. Like it's, it's this whole standoff thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Briefly with Danny again, like that moment you talked about where he loses Danny and then goes to confront, sorry, man, this is tough. Glover goes to confront Gary Busey because he's mad at him now Yes, because he's interfering with his investigation and like revenge and everything. I love that scene because he just tells him off so hard and then literally hand claps at him. And I don't know that I'd seen that. Like, I've seen that meme. Yep. But to see, like, an emphatic, like, no, it was just like, that was pretty cool, actually. That's that's great. But it's one of those things that makes me wish Danny got more, like, scenes like that, more fire and verve stuff to do. Because mm-hmm. he's kind of, you know, he's hitting the streets a little bit. He's got a cool private eye outfit. He's, he's looking around. But I just wish he got more like character oh I, sure I was kind of short yeah. served a little bit yeah but i just don't know what movie that is because like who is dutch as a person i mean yeah because they're so tropey like i mean that's, that's I mean. the thing i would want more like tropey cop stuff like lethal weapon gotcha getting so interrupted like, you know i think so the, a big detractor for this movie was like i've already seen lethal weapon one two and three by the time i saw um, yeah and so, so like seen this this character i've seen this actor play people who are always too old for this shit 
And then yeah. here he is, is not very much not too old for this shit. And I was just like, oh man, isn't like, Donnie I, Glover like 15, 20 years older than he's playing in this movie? <laughs> like I could have dealt with like all of those tropey scenes though. Like the cop goes home and pulls a bottle off his fridge and whatever. And then he's looking through a thing. But then the thing he sees is like a picture of like, oh, what is that? There's like a cloaked predator in this picture or something. Yeah. Like something like that. Little tastes of like. Oh, like a detective detecting things type of thing. Yeah, but like, to get, I, I to guess get so, us. But like, Whereas this movie starts immediately with like, oh, I saw it on top of a building. Yeah. Like, it's like we just get right to it. Because but I like, wish I think they like. You want, you very much, it seems it. like you want a different movie though. You want a movie that has a bit 100%. more. Of a, a 100%. That's my like summary line is like, I just wanted a differently structured cop movie yeah. with a predator in it. Yeah, like I totally you know? agree with you. Like that movie that you described with Lethal Weapon, like there's a big bad guy. Danny Glover is teaming like up the, with his partner. Even these gangs are fighting and like something's going on, but then it like gradually becomes apparent there's like a Yojimbo type character killing both sides. Yeah. And it's a it's a monster from space. Like that's the movie I was like wishing for as it went on. So Yeah. And that's totally yeah. fine. How do I put this out there? I guess okay. Maybe this will help you understand that like I don't especially love the Predator movie. Yeah. So therefore, like, my love of Predator 2 doesn't, like, take the cake. It's, like, it's standing on its own feet as, like, I like scenes and things from Predator 2. Yes. Right? Like, what, do you, what yeah, I mean is, yeah. like, I've always been an Alien fan my whole life. Just like I've always been a Robocop fan. And, like, if you were to pit, like, I, my, as, as a child, because of video games and pop culture, I got these, these two ideas got pitted against each other. Like, Alien versus Predator. And I felt like I always had to oh, choose sure, yeah. a side, and I always chose Alien. Like, I'm a bigger Alien fan than I am a Predator fan. Right. And so, like... And this movie kind of opened that door yes. into the cross-pollination and everything of that. So, um, yeah. And so, for me, like, when I say, like, I think Predator... I like Predator 2 more than Predator 1, it's like a 7 and a 7.5. Okay. It's like, neither yeah, of them okay. are great movies that I love. I just, yeah. I just have a lot of fun because all the things that you're saying are bad about Predator 2. I'm having a more fun time with it. Whereas like when I watch Predator, I'm waiting for 45 minutes for, before the movie really feels like it starts for me. Oh, yeah. This is like a structural pacing thing that I really respond to is the kind of slow, slow setup thing. Mm -hmm. Like uh, we keep talking about it, it's going to keep coming up. Rise of the Planet of the Apes mm -hmm. has a pacing structure where like you know, it's an ape prison movie for a good long while. Yes. And then it explodes in the last half hour for stuff or kaiju movies. Oh, for sure. You know, oh, we found a weird egg or something. Oh, a volcano erupted. What's going on? Oh, it's this monster. And then a half hour rumble at the end of the movie, like that kind of thing. So, but the difference like being... Predator 1 kind of does that with like, you know, oh, there's this thing going on. And then a predator enters the mix and slowly dispatches these mercenaries. But then Arnold has to gear up get murked out set up his traps like get ready for this big battle mm -hmm. and then there's a big battle yeah which like, is that's a, a kind fun of the rhythms i'm not I taking like, that trope you know? away from you Nathan. i think it's a fun trope yeah i guess the argument that i'm going to make is like rise upon the apes though i'm all for that build-up i just have to care about anything that goes on so for rise right. of the planet of the apes i really like caesar and I really care exactly, about his yeah. journey. So therefore, when it's building and building and building and there's an anticipation of like, I really want him to stand up for himself. And then he finally does. It, the payoff is so much more important to me. 
but because uh, predator i don't these care tropey mercenaries yeah no no i just yeah. i'm just saying like for i know what you're saying for a lot of movies there is those like build up like rambo has the very similar structure of like like especially rambo one he's running around blah 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 and then he sets up all these traps for these cops type of thing right right like there's the antagonism with dennehy and- yeah like it's simmering over the course of the movie and it's like you know what it's time to come to a head and there's going to be a conflict now yeah so i don't mind this trope i'm just saying like with predator i don't care enough at all to get caught up in it but i and so therefore i'm just sitting around waiting for that those scenes to happen because they're fun oh yeah and i just don't care about the build-up like i the first thing i like is the super the superhuman high five that they give each other and then sexual Tyrannosaurus. No, no, in uh, Predator oh, One. Oh yeah. When Carl yeah, Weathers yeah. and Arnold Schwarzenegger see each other for the first time, and they do oh, the like do the like arm, yes. arm wrestle midair thing. Yeah. yeah. And then sexual Tyrannosaurus. But the mm-hmm. moment they touch the jungle, I'm not having a good time until after the bad guys are like killed off, and then the predator starts antagonizing them. Yeah, whereas, like, I'm just like, wow, look at that chain gun and, yeah, whereas, like, like, getting into that, yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, I, and because the movie is teasing a predator the whole time, I'm like, oh, man, that's more interesting than these nameless, faceless villains that they're offsetting, like, killing right now. With, like, one-liners that yeah. stick around and all that. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. that's what I'm just trying okay. to say. Like, I'm not saying Predator's oh, a no. bad movie. I'm just saying, like, there's mm-hmm. enough tropey, like, I'm zoning out in Predator 2, and then I'm coming back in with, like, oh, man, that's a cool scene. Zoning out, oh, man, that's a cool scene. Like, I really like, um, I mean, I like the ultraviolence, like, the gore after the scenes of him, Predator killing people. I'm a big fan of, like, the weird Predator stuff that's happening. I really like the scene where Gary Busey takes his scene in. Uh, takes his team into uh, the meat factory. Okay, yeah, we we should talk about that. Scene. I I was just gonna make a brief like this movie literally hits the gas pedal right at the start with like his car trick and everything. Yeah, like it just jumps right into there's a predator, there's these gangs, there's this cop. Like it it gets everything rolling pretty fast. Yes, but yes, the Gary Busey is kind of this government agent, Men in Black type guy mm-hmm. that. I guess knows the events of the first movie. Yes, he seems does. To be in his back pocket. Well, because like, we see, he, we even he's see the sur- aware that this alien could exist, and he's trying to get one. Well, we see right? on the on the teleprompters behind him when he's explaining what's happening to Danny Glover for the first time. We see uh, a video of the survivor from the first movie. Oh, okay. I, I, okay. That so she, but- she filmed a scene for this movie that got cut, and it was going to be her explaining the events of the previous film to like government people. So they, they have the tapes from 1987 or whenever yeah. this happened in the movie's timeline. Yes. And then, okay. Uh, but yeah, Busey and his team, it's, it's, I hate to say it, it's kind of just a scene from Aliens. Yes. But everybody's hooked up with cameras and stuff, and they, they're going in there with cryo weapons mm-hmm. to try to freeze up this predator and, and take a look at him. Uh, but yeah, and Danny, Danny Glover, uh, Mike, I'm going to have to start calling him Mike. Yeah, Mike. Mike is uh, on the, you know, in the room with all the screens and Adam Baldwin, which totally was weird to us. I I didn't know he was in this really. He just suddenly is there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, But anyway, so they're they're doing the thing of like monitoring everybody's progress and like watching out for Predator as Mm -hmm. they're sleuthing around. And so, it, this actually does have one of my favorite things in this whole movie, but I'll let you uh, elaborate first. Well, yeah. So I totally agree with you. It is almost – it's almost like the Thomas brothers sat down and they're like, hey, that one scene in, in Aliens is really great. Let's like make that happen in our movie. Like literally lift it and put it into this film. The mm-hmm. difference being is like Alien is a movie franchise I actually really care about. 
Yeah. And so that sequence... So them monkeying with it? Well, it's not... just like, we'll get into it, I think, later on in the show at some point where we'll talk about Alien and my Alien's problem. It's going to be hard problem. not to, yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't care if it happens in the Predator thing. I think it works really well because visually speaking, I find that whole sequence to be actually cool to look at. Like, just like... The it's a visually cool looking scene, just like the the C train, um, the subway scene. I thought was a cool looking scene, which I want to get into that later. But I thought that scene looked looked cool, like the way the setup is. Like Gary Busey's, like they figure out that this alien only sees, and I'm putting only in brackets, but only sees in infrared. So they're like, okay, we're gonna go into this cryogenic, like in this uh, meat factory. We're gonna cover ourselves up so we can't see heat signatures. We're gonna pump it full of these like. Uh, luminescent dust and we're going to walk around with like our, our UV lights and try to find it and he's not going to be able to see us but they're so dumb because they're making noise like it's the I always thought that as a kid I was like they're so oh. stupid like they're making like so much noise like he just switches to like sonic vision mode no no but like they're ma- that's how he finds helmet. out is like he has ears and he mm-hmm. hears them walking and then he turns it to UV like I, that's a cool scene where they he goes and throws you, shows you his helmet can show you sees on different wavelengths oh my gosh you okay? You're really zeroing in on like the thing I wanted to talk about, so I'm just gonna talk about it. That POV like scene of the black gray kind of with red highlight stuff yeah. was like just this is awesome looking imagery. Yes. Like this looks so rad. Mm-hmm. When it, like yeah, he switches his helmet and just can suddenly see all these merc dudes kind of sneaking around. Yeah. And every every frame of that stuff was just like predator art. It was really really good stuff. Oh yeah. Like his UI and everything was great. So. Yeah, yeah. Something that I, I don't I, that actually was, like. I was jumping off the screen, yeah. Something I don't like actually like about the newer Predator films is like they up the resolution of these Predator vision things because they're yeah. like, oh, man, this is the best we could have done in the 80s and, and early 90s. But I'm like, yeah, but like that doesn't look cool to have like clearly a heat signature to human like with our modern stuff. It looks cool to have like a what he used to have in the 80s. Like I've always wanted Predator to kind of stay at that level. But they've always updated like, with our technology. Like Predator Tech hit its sweet spot for them. Like there's like, no, these are my preferred settings. Yeah. Like this is because I love to hunt with this helmet. Yeah, like, like I want this resolution to, to be better. low. Like I want yeah, a bit of a challenge. Yeah. Whereas like they get like to HD and all of a sudden it's like. <laughs> oh man, it's like a nostalgic Predator with like a Super Nintendo <laughs> yeah. helmet. It's like, no, dude, this is the real stuff. To be dude. fair, if like. You're going to hunt. I mean, I, I do want to get stuff, into the, the other sequels later, which I think this is the very bow. problem with the with the subsequent sequels is they get too much into the lore of predator world and predator culture. Yeah. Yeah. And predator two, I feel this movie like scratches at it, but it scratches at it, but not enough to really ruin anything. Yeah. But that was, that was the thing I was getting into with like the trivia mountain that is on IMDb for this. It's the worst trivia too. I think it's like this, this started that like dark horse comics, Mm -hmm. like let's open this universe open. Cause there's there's little treats here. It's kind of like the alien nation kind of thing where there's like, oh, there's details in the background. There's like little things that this is touching on that's kind of intriguing. But then someone else sat down and was like, oh, we got to do that. We should tell that story. Yeah. I'm going to write a comic book right now. And then like, I'm going to make a video game. And all this stuff started happening. And I didn't, I don't know if I needed it. It was really cool as just like imagination expanding. But I'm, neither, I'm not even talking just about the v, the versus films. Like, yeah. even Predators, which I thought was a fun movie, and mm-hmm. then the Predator have this, like, weird, like, on – in the Predators, it's like, oh, oh the, the main Predator factions. that you love is actually a subspecies that's not nearly as badass or cool or rich on the planet Homeworld. No. And it's like – I know. It's like – 
we're encountering these comic experts or something that yeah. are talking down to our love of the old predators. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, you mean the jungle hunter? Yeah, that thing's not that great. No, exactly. Uh, this, and it's like, guy, and then yeah. they just want an excuse to have the humans team up with the predator. And I'm like, I don't ever want a human to team up with a predator. Like that is <laughs> yeah. not something I want. And My also, and like, I were if you're there, gonna, it's 2004, and we saw that well, happen. And, and if you yeah. if you're going to introduce if you're going to introduce a new species of predator, you better make it look really cool, so mm-hmm. it matches this old one. And they didn't in predators. Predators like the ultra predator in, in predators is really boring looking. And then <laughs> the next crime in the predator was like, okay, cool. So people complained. They're like, oh man, the face of this new Predators didn't look cool. So what if we kept the face but made the body Hulk size? Isn't that what you want? And you're like, no, that's never what we want. Yeah, that movie had a few things I wanted, like the gang of characters, like Keegan Key is there and everybody. That movie's so intense. It's like one of the worst things he's ever written. Shane. Yeah, yeah, he has like he like I work with kids on the spectrum. That is some of the worst representation of autism in a modern world text. He has oh, uh, Thomas Jane yeah. having Tourette's, and it was just like a, an excuse for him to swear randomly throughout the film. Uh, yeah, like you talk about troublesome, okay. but that's like 2018. We you can't right. be forgiven. Like for we're this looking anymore. back in 1990, and be like, this is a bit of a dated depiction of a Jamaican voodoo guy. That's weird. Yeah. But this is like this just happened. To be fair, like, and in 1990, no marked marked for death came out that same year, and that had a like super racist like voodoo yeah. Jamaican I, bad guy. I, I, I want to talk about the Jamaican bad guy for just a second, though, because I actually really liked what he was doing. Like, he was owning that ridiculous character of King Willie. Like, he's just rolling these bones, and he's got this, like, big wig or whatever. It's just, like, really commanding moment with him. But it led to, like, this thing that I I just – I hate it when movies do this where they're, like, hyping up something that's about to happen, and I start leaning forward on my seat. I'm like, this is awesome right here. This is about to go off i am so ready for what's about to happen because there's like water there's like puddle of water and then like the cloaked predator starts stepping in it and it looks awesome there's like electricity mm-hmm. flying up and then king willie sees him and then he pulls out a sword and he just readies up and he's gonna fight this predator and it's gonna be the sickest footage you've ever seen no. and then it cuts and he's dead of course he's, he's dead yeah because like it's not gonna be a fight because here's the thing what's um <laughs> what's billy's name Billy does the same thing. I know, like, the the problematic uh, native character pulls out his knife, and he's ready on the bridge for the fight. Yes. And then we hear him scream. That's it. It's almost worse, yeah. I know, and that's what I'm saying. Like, Predator, all they're doing is homaging the thing that they already did. But with at least with Billy, you're, like, out of this whole crew, this whole crew, that movie sets up... Dutch is not the one that I think will take that could take down the Predator. It's Billy. Billy's the one where I'm like, oh, he's the one actually out there proving that he has the skills to take down this hunter. Because he has the tracking instincts and like he's noticing. Yeah, the Dutch details. is clueless yeah. to what's happening, and Billy's the one figuring it out right off the bat. And then they off they kill Billy off screen. Yeah, man, they, that's a huge man. problem. So the fact that like they they just introduce his character and then kill him, that's not a problem to me because they just introduced him. Literally in the same scene that was introduced him. Danny Glover walks off. Less than thirty seconds go by, and then the predator shows Here's up and thing. kills him. In the in the framework of our show, though, I'm always like on the hunt for the MVP, right? So like Calvin Lockhart shows up, and I'm like, dude, this guy's doing some stuff. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> like it was just this kind of like, I won't get another sick King Willie scene, so I guess he's <laughs> off the list. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but. I mean, okay, here's the thing. Like, if we were to watch Predator, Billy would get the scene, but it, it would be because of everything he's did, not just, like, the one moment. And yeah. 
Like, yeah, I don't know. I know it was just, but then I want to give some shine to predators, Robert Rodriguez. Cause there's actually a sword fight with a predator. Okay, and I was pretty um, stoked about it. Let's just be you know? very careful about this. Rodriguez produced that film. Produced that film. You're right. Oh man. I almost did that. Okay. Who directed that movie? Exactly. Give that guy some credit. Darn. Here's the thing. Yeah. I, for whatever reason, like Fox gave the movie to Rob Rodriguez because they're like, Oh, let's give this for Rodriguez to like revitalize it. And he, I think he maybe has a story credit, but he's not right. on Nimrod script or directing. And tell, yeah. I'm sorry, man. You got you're you're the guy that did that sword fight. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, that sword yeah. fight's amazing. But then that movie is so overshadowed by that ending and having the new super predators and the predator having to and team up Adrian with Adrian Brody as your Schwarzenegger oh, standing. Oh my goodness! That and, scene where they have that yeah. shot of him having the six pack. I'm just like, come on, man. This is the pianist. This is the pianist. <laughs> This is not an action star. Like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. And like Stallone wasn't doing anything. Just give it to Stallone. At that time, like he would have done this movie and, and like. Oh, Trejo was there though, briefly. I know. Yeah. There's so many better yeah. things about that film that could have. I oh, like that movie. You know what though? That cemented Walton Goggins on my like yes. pay attention list. Yes. So, you know. And like, and told me that Topher Grace probably should just not act anymore. Oh, he was trying to be so weird. Man, that yeah. te- that head turn in that movie, when he does the head turn, where they reveal he's I'm a crazy, killer. actually. Because <laughs> <laughs> the whole movie, they're trying to figure out, like, what the movie's premise is actually a really good premise. Like, they took the top elite killers from all around the Earth and put them mm. on this predator planet for hunting. And it's actually a really good idea. And then they're always trying to figure out, like, oh, man, there's just this, this Joe Blow guy with glasses, Topher Grace, and you find out that he's just a prolific serial killer. At the end of the film. Right. He's like a prisoner. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Lawrence Fishburne yeah. in that movie was like, they were, it's like clear that they were trying to get a cast, it, a cast, like a stunt casting. But like mm-hmm. Fishburne, who's been on this planet for months, is like super overweight. He's trying his hardest to act super crazy. And you're just like, I understand what you guys are doing here. Lawrence was not the best choice, but I understand that that was maybe like, the only choice you had. Do you think that movie could have worked in Mike from this movie? Like, they got an elite predator killer seasoned guy. Like, they put Danny Glover's character on that oh, yeah, instead of Lawrence Fishburne. Danny Glover like, was... Oh, dude, it's the guy from Predator 2 I know. who killed one of these. Yeah. That would have worked, worked, worked really well, but they got Lawrence Fishburne. But, I mean, at that point, yeah. Danny Glover <laughs> was old. Like, was old. Actually. But wouldn't that be more badass? Like yeah, he's totally. Gray what, hair. He's got like an eye patch. Predators. How many predators has he killed? Predators is a movie yeah. that like works on so many levels, but then fails on other levels that you're just like, oh man, like it. it like the legs fall out from under it somehow. Yeah, but yeah. I I still try with that one. No, for sure. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, like so this um warehouse scene happens, and a couple pieces I really want to focus in on because we kind of went on a big rabbit hole, which is fine. Um. Yeah. I really enjoy how they off. Gary Busey twice and how they do it both times because <laughs> I thought this... he was dead. You're right. Yeah. So there's this great scene where like, he's just like the predators offing all of these like elite guys who their plan is to go in with like, um, liquid nitrogen and freeze him so they can capture him alive type of thing. Mm-hmm. And which is the mm-hmm. dumbest thing you can ever think. None of them had, I think one guy had like, lime ammunition, but it was so stupid. Anyway. So D- Gary Busey is like f- having like this big face off with the predator when like Danny Glover comes to the rescue and Predator like immediately looks over Danny Glover where he is in the warehouse and runs over that direction but like his cannon is still facing Gary and just like shoots a giant missile at him Off-handed, behind like, eh. and it's just like a big brush off and I'm like oh yeah this is I forgot that happened because I knew the next thing was happening 
I remember, like, I've always remembered the when he throws the disc. Actual death scene. So then yeah. Gary then comes back. He's survived this thing, and he dies in a great way. I love this death scene where he takes out this new toy, which is this weird, like, disc that can cut through anything, and he throws it, and it cuts through all these, like, giant pieces of cow, and then, like, cuts Gary Busey in half. Bottom half falls. His top half doesn't, but a big, giant thing of blood falls, and it's... Just doesn't make sense. Oh, but I, it's... I, yeah, I just lost his upper half. I was like, "What happened? It flew away." <laughs> Something. <laughs> okay. Anyways, yeah. I just the scene is so silly, and then at that point, it's just like Danny Glover. He's chasing down the predator nonstop at that point, almost, mm-hmm. which is like super badass when you consider like the fact that like Dutch is being running away from the predator oh, so no. much. Dude, like Mike is super badass. There was like three moments where I was like, "That's just great." Yeah. Like that's just great what he just did right there. Like. And it ends with like the moment of just like okay, who's next kind of thing. Yeah, well, yeah. So there's this great scene. Delivery. He finally yeah. kills the predator on the on the predator's ship, and then he's standing there, and then like eight other predators show up, and you're like decloak. Yeah, and are just he's obviously toasted, yeah. and he throws down the weapon he has. Yeah. It's just like all right, what do you got? Yeah. Kind of thing. It's just let's, like uh, was, let's make this yeah. happen, and then they're like respect, and then he throws him a gun, and he runs off. I don't. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Um, it, uh, I heard the same. It, it was one of those things. Yeah, it's a double-edged thing. Like where I'm just like, man, I wish Danny got like eight more lines. This cool. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. really should have sat down with him. But you know, no, yeah. for sure. Like the movies. I'm not. I'm not sitting here saying this movie's perfect or broken. I know the reason why I love this movie is because of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. I know that, but I also just I do have a fun time with how bad it is. Like this is a movie I know is bad, but I have a good time regardless of that bad time. Mm-hmm. And I like the ultra violence. I don't know why I well, couldn't let, tell you. Let's talk about the train, the train scene. Cause that was like an interesting wrinkle in this movie. Like it was like, Oh weird. This is like over the top a little bit. Well, yeah, it like starts off. How... It starts off very Verhoeven where like there's this gang, very grit, gritty gang that's going around and like terrorizing like, bull- a train passengers. Yeah. 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 And then all of a sudden turns into this comedy scene where this guy, they finally terrorize this like Poindexter guy. He pulls out a gun and they're like, Oh, they're laughing in his face and they pull out their guns. And then like, 15 people around Like a bunch them. of stockbrokers yeah. and like lawyers pull out their guns. Yeah. And then Danny, and yeah. then Bill, Bill Paxton has to like, like tone this like scene down. And then all of a sudden yeah. the lights get cut and the predator is laying waste to all these people with guns. I think my note was strobe city. Like I was oh, yes. just losing it with this lighting. Yeah. But yeah. Well, so this, this turns out that this was like a, in a comic book, like they, somebody adapted the scene from a comic book. Like this was an idea somebody oh. put into a comic book and then the, the director, the writers were like, oh man, we really, we should do this on, on film. And they just lifted it from the comic books. Type okay. Of okay. So I thought it was a fun yeah. scene. I, Bill Paxton, like that's his big turning point where he like really heroes it up type of thing. Yeah. I, it was, it was, a, it was tough. Cause yeah, this would keep happening where I'd be like, man, Bill, like Paxton's starting to really kill in this movie. Mm-hmm. I really, I'm glad he's here. And then tones would start coming out. It's like, Oh no! This this is shaping into a heroic death scene right here. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna lose my Bill Paxton. I'm not gonna get him for the last forty minutes. <laughs> so then it was like, oh well, all right. So when's he the last time you saw this though. movie? You didn't? You forgot that he died? Yeah. No, I watched this with you, but we were really distracted, and it was like twelve years ago or something. Okay. Like I I remember vaguely having this on at your place one time. Okay. But that was the last time I had any attention on it. Like, the real time was probably that time I watched it at, like, a sleepover with my friend, like, way long ago. So, like, late, was early 2000s, late 90s type of thing. Yeah, I was young. So, it's, it, this is a foggy movie for me. So, it was, it was pretty fresh. The one thing, like, the most distinct memory was the one you, like, forged your relationship with this movie with was the surgery scene, bathroom scene, 
old lady's yeah, yeah. got Jeopardy on yeah. and is like, something weird is going on in the bathroom, Herb. You got to wake up. Yeah. Like All that stuff. I was like, this is amazing. Okay. This is a totally different tone because there's like a sense of normalcy in this part of Los Angeles, yes. this apartment. It's not exploding all the time. Yes. <laughs> so like that being intervened by an alien crashing through your wall is kind of what I'm looking for in Predator. Sure. Is like normal interrupted. Yes. So that that was a great couple minutes there you know so, I, I, yeah. I mean and i'm always going to be a fan of like oh man alien tech being used to do alien things and i that's that type of stuff's always going to be like as a kid i love that stuff like oh man he just took yeah. plaster and like this goo and then he put it on his body and it's healing him to type like of cauterize thing. his weird green yeah. arm stump yeah. stuff like that those visuals of like of the predator like those are things i'm always going to be a, a fan of um yeah yeah yeah, I I don't know, man. I can't sit here and defend and say like, like, okay. Let's get into this this part then. So let's get into okay. the sequel. So obviously, you would say this is not superior to the first one. Um, no, the but that that's the thing. Like, it is the one of the most rose tinted movies ever for me. Sure, like, it was such a nobody like, says this prominent though. action movie experience. But nobody so, says yeah. Predator Two is superior to the first one. Like, that's a you're on a camp that's like very. very I know there's much, a cult like. For for the development of like Predator media, for the franchise like this is big. So I could see someone really pointing at this as like, oh no, but like this kicked off my love of the comics or the Capcom video game or whatever. Sure. Like this could have been a big deal for somebody. But yeah, personally, never not the first one. The AVP movies are movies that I kind of just let rust over in my memory. I am wearing a shirt, but it's more of a bit. Because that was a fun summer with my cousin Jeremy when we went and saw it, despite the movie. Yes. <laughs> you know? So, uh, Paul W. Sanderson's contribution, you know. Well, okay, uh, so Requiem. I don't, I don't want to get. In, I want to get into the sequels for in a second. So, okay, you, yeah. you, you would say that this is not the superior sequel to the first. I'm making not the argument. The first. It can't overshadow the first. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not making the argument that it is better than the first one. I'm saying I like it more. So to me, it is the superior. Okay. Out of so yeah, obviously we have Paul W. Sanderson and AVP. We have the Spearling brothers, the Spearig brothers in yeah, Requiem. yeah, Requiem. And then we yeah. have the dude that you just said for Predators. I forget his name. Oh, uh, Nimrod Antel. Yeah, Antel. And I'm then gonna say, I'm going to say it the way it's spelled. He does have an accent on there, so it may be better than Nimrod. <laughs> I apologize, anyways, but yeah, but Antel. Yeah. And then you have Shane Black for the Predator. Uh, this this is the best sequel though. Ah. <sighs> I like, I think despite it's like jankiness, I still like Predators. Okay. Because it gives me my sword fight that I wanted so bad. Oh, sure. Stuff like that. Yep. I just, uh, but for it's, me it's hard to really like say it's actually doing more. No, no, no. You know? I, I mean, it, all of this is based upon like our personal preferences, obviously, right? Like, yeah. What you yeah. like. I, I, I definitely agree with you. I like the Shogunny type of scene that they have in that, in that, uh, a sequence mm-hmm. my biggest crime that Walton i felt the thing predators, is big for me the biggest yeah. thing that i felt the predators did that i can't like i have a tough time forgiving it's not even the adrian brody stuff i can get past the fact that like he was the star it's um the introduction of like a new level of predator and not make and making them the main bad guys and just them not being interesting like yeah like adding to that lore. like i'm thinking about the predator we get here like he's mostly similar to the first one mm-hmm. in terms of like face appearance and mask and everything. I guess he's a little more nimble and he has a few more weapons. Yes. Uh, we get a glimpse glimpses of a, a, a big group at the end when the scene, which they all have the similar up. faces. Yeah. Was there some ladies in there? Uh, potentially, really... but there's definitely, yeah. it, this was a de- giant, like predator is definitely brought a giant retcon. 
Oh, oh, sure. How so? Because there's, it? there's again, like, oh, so it's Predator just kind of treats itself as like not necessarily a sequel, but it's a sequel to the first movie. They reference the first yeah. movie, and then they have these like weird references to like this societal like class system that we never seen in any movie before right. this. Like there's different factions of predators, maybe four of them or something, and they're warring clans and all this. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, that's not really that cool. Like you could have just kept this simple. Yeah, <laughs> like just make it yeah. predators versus humans. Like at least with Paul W. S. Anderson's movie, it's just predators showing up and being predators and and then like I actually mm-hmm. kinda like Requiem in like a really like this is a terrible movie. And so stupid, but like, just like a B movie they with, send, like, with the cool slasher. Well, yeah. so in AVP, the first one, they kind of have this like, oh man, so one of the things that the predators can choose to do when they become men is to go and take on these aliens. And yeah, uh, but then Alien Requiem is like, oh no, these young predators failed. Let's send in the cleanup crew, and it's just this one predator who can show up and just like clean oh, house. Yeah. Like, it's just this, like, I'm the cleanup guy. Like, I'm the most expert yes. predator there is. And I'm here to, like, get rid of all this evidence. Yeah, I'm here yeah, to get rid of yeah, all the yeah. evidence. I'm here to kill everybody. Like, there's no teaming up. There's no anything. Like, if you get out of my way, you'll survive. But I'm just here to kill these aliens. Obviously, the worst part of that movie was the weird hybrid alien that they set up in Alien AVP that just didn't look cool or interesting. Oh, at the very end, there's but then, that, like, gotcha stinger. Yeah, yeah. and then the sequel, yeah. like, pays off on that. Um, gosh, I, you know what? I, the, that is like definitely timestamp 17 year old movie memories. I have not looked at that thing since. So I might do that just out of personal curiosity. Well, watch the unrated one. Cause it actually is, like has R rated violence because the PG, they, okay. they really toned down the, the violence for the PG rating for theatrical. For some reason, yeah, Predator kind of needs to get violent because it's a real violent idea. Alien like, and Predator needs to get violent. Literally yeah, aliens pop out blood, of people's chests. Yeah. You need it. You really do. And they made a PG-13 team-up film. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, pretty blasphemous stuff, really. Yeah. Anyways, and then you go into... For me, like, honestly, The Predator was a simple, like, oh, man, Shane Black, like, we're going to get some funny dialogue. We're going to get one Predator again because it's the Predator. And then, again, they just throw in this new, like, twist on predator mythos and it's like oh look at this super predator who's huge and i couldn't believe sterling k brown and how he was dispatched in that movie was such like a total bewildering scene sure like there's little things that were just yeah that movie i wanted so much more for so it's hard to and then that stinger do you remember how bad that stinger was what did they sting it with? Do you remember, like, okay, so the all movie long, they were talking about this this thing, this present that the pre- the regular Predator gave us to fight Predators, and it was, like, this yeah. the Predator killer they kept talking about, and so there's this rumor oh. for a long time that it was going to be Ripley, like, Sigourney Weaver was going to walk out of this tube they filmed, they had it written, <laughs> they had it called her, and at the last minute, they, yeah. they pulled the plug, and what it is is a super suit. You should watch this oh. scene again, Nathan. It is, like, the dumbest yeah. looking super suit I've ever seen it has all these crazy spinning gadgets coming everywhere. It's like an Iron Man suit, but it's a Predator suit with like oh. weird spinning knives and all of these things. It's the dumbest thing. It sounds thing. like Inspector Gadget yes, type nonsense. Yes, it was Inspector yeah. Gadget nonsense. And it was just right. like, come on. Like, this is what this is what we're supposed to get excited for? Like, My brain paved over those. Yeah, that's rough. Oh. Anyway, so Predator 2, like in hindsight, all of a sudden like... One of the best, I guess, yeah. <laughs> like... Like, Predators is really, like, lazy about it. It's just like, hey, we kind of just made a stew of, like, good Predator (laughs) ingredients. And we didn't put too much thought in it. But, 
you know, it's got a sword fight. It's got some character actors you like. You yeah, know, we're, we're giving fun. you the, our greatest hits, essentially, because they give us a Predator oh, world. Oh, yeah. I mean, for me, the biggest things in that movie that like I don't like is the why does it like we know what this is at this point? There is no like let's hide the predator for so long. Mm-hmm. Why do they have these scenes with like Roger Ebert did not he pointed out something I couldn't forgive a, a key piece of that movie because there's these mm-hmm. dogs like these predator dogs that have <laughs> yeah, spikes that extend tusks. like a foot <laughs> past its face and he's like. I don't even I don't understand like how is anything with that spike supposed to eat like how do they eat when the spike stops how did anything? this evolve to have a weird face that can't get up into food yeah. it's dumb anyways <laughs> yeah. and I was just like I appreciate that Roger like really latched onto that one thing like this movie's so inherently yeah. dumb because they couldn't even figure out like that just takes you and I'm like if you're if you're paying attention to those things you're not into this movie you're not into <laughs> this movie I'm like wait a minute in the background there that <laughs> yeah. little creature that was there for a minute well Roger That's really doesn't like Steve, Steve uh, Hopkins. He really tears apart his films. And to the point where, like, I was reading through... he Roger gave a half a star to The Ghost in the Darkness. Wow. Half a star. And his big I mean, thing... it's... Yeah. His big thing was, like, pay attention to the little details. Like, um, Val Kilmer being like, I have to go... I have to go build bridges. And she's... And his pregnant wife that he leaves behind is like, you must go to where the rivers are. And he's just like, this is so dumb. No, there's rivers here. You don't go to Africa. To... And he's just so, he just didn't like that movie. And I was just like, oh man, I love Ghost of the Darkness when I was a kid. Do I need to watch I it sh- again? Yeah. We're going to figure out a season for it, I think, because that was like a weird touchstone for us too at, at my school. And I don't know why. I think we just love Michael Douglas. Like, I'm not sure. Yeah, but he even like, Roger even teared apart Michael Douglas. He's like, thriller. Michael Douglas looks, doesn't look like he wants to be there. And I'm like, oh. I got Did you get that vibe? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not really allowed to watch Basic Instinct, so <laughs> I never get to see this guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fair. He had a giant crew. Anyways, yeah. yeah, so we definitely should make the but like, Roger really doesn't like this guy, and he didn't like this movie either. But it's like, yeah, he nitpicks mm-hmm. his like little things. He's like, oh yeah, this like that wallpaper, just not realistic, so therefore bad movie. And you're like, <laughs> if you're paying attention to the wallpaper man, you are not liking this movie. You're not in the story. No. But at, yeah, at the very like little little minor thing, I guess back to the L.A. thing before we're done or L.A. Yeah, it's L.A. This is L.A. Yeah. Yeah. OK. <laughs> I'm, I'm weirding myself out because the special thanks in this movie is to the BART people of San Francisco. Yeah. Which is like the Bay Area rapid transit. And it's just like, oh, did they like volunteer to be in that train scene or what was the bit there? Probably like L.A. Know. has a notoriously terrible like train transit system. system. So. OK. I couldn't imagine. Okay. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I sick myself out. It's just the location shooting. Like, there was one or two shots, like the first shot, like, of him standing on the building. I was just like, this is taking advantage of some L.A. Like, this looks kind of awesome. It's but true. just minor thing. Uh, as we head into... So you don't want to talk about Martin Downey Jr.? Martin Downey Jr. is not my most valuable player <laughs> in this movie. He I had like... a specific scene that really lost me. <laughs> uh, what, he like, says there, There's this, like... There's this super elaborate like uh, penthouse that looks like some Aztec temple or something yeah. where this this big attack happens. And he's he's sneaking in the background with his video camera. And when he gets apprehended by the cops or the feds or whatever, it was just like, wow, this guy can't act at all. I hate this. <laughs> like how he's like freaking out, but not really freaking out enough. He is playing a, like, like he's playing a cartoon for sure. But it is the reason why they cast Martin, I think, is because he is playing a cartoon like. Because yeah. the whole hardcore idea, like, do you remember Hard Copy? 
that type of oh, 90s like this journalism. was stirring up like the vague like sensationalist journalist yeah. on the scene thing like at yeah. the four o'clock where they got only all the ripest material like i remember all the car chases because hard copy always picked up the car chases and the gun shootings and the like, we have to killings. cut into this important event that's happening to show you this car chase yeah yeah um because <laughs> yeah exciting. martin was terrible uh, okay so you have something in your notes here that i can see that i'm actually gonna be like question you on because i don't understand this Oh, okay. Not enough Robert Davy. <laughs> I I kind of have a fondness for this dude specifically from this like four year period where he's like in you know, he's in Die Hard, he's the bad guy in License to Kill. I was kinda hoping I'd get a little more of him chomping and hitting desks and badges and whatever, and you just don't. So Robert Davy just just yeah. this character, that's all he plays is the same person. Yeah. And I, I know, just can't. But I'm I don't, used to him. Yeah, I'm used to him too. But there's not enough. Doesn't make like I just. He played the perfect amount of what he plays. Yeah, it more just started this thread of like wishing Bill Paxton was in it more. Oh sure, no, no, I, I'm 100 yeah. with you on the Bill Paxton level. Here's something I find fascinating because like out of this era came like it was the thread in the sweater that that found all of these like I wish this guy was here more. You know, so yeah. Out of this thread comes like this like versus culture that came in the early 90s like Alien versus Predator. Terminator versus RoboCop. Yeah, Bill Paxton's yeah, yeah. in three of those four pro- pro- like properties. Yeah, he sure is. Like to the point he where I was like, "Oh it. man, it would be great." Got the hat trick. If like if he could have got like RoboCop at some point, but I don't think he did. I mean, I have my Laserdisc of three RoboCop three. I've, I haven't watched it. Maybe he creeped in. No, and he's not in that. I've seen it. Okay, okay. Um, there was a Canadian TV series of RoboCop. Was, but I, don't, I think he was, he was famous at that point. Famous okay. at that point. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I just he made it at a three to the four, and I was like, ah, oh, it's too bad that he was not in the in like one of the better ones. So yeah, I really like that Darn. RoboCop. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, great. Uh, so despite Nathan and I not necessarily agreeing on the greatness of this film, which is fine. It sounds like you still enjoyed it, and I definitely enjoy this film. We still there, like to. There was like things to appreciate. Yeah, yeah. but uh, we still like to end it with I a positive wrestling. on a mm-hmm. put a highlight, a spotlight on like our MVP. Now, Nathan, do you have an MVP this this uh, episode? I this is one of my like ones where I actually am kind of happy with how this went because I was digging a bit. I kept seeing like all these character actors, the little people that I was enjoying, but they kept getting rug pulled on me, so I was a bit resentful about that. Uh, so I felt our system of doing this was open enough that I could like really zero in on some little people in the credits here, okay. but it's a list of people because it's a unit of the film specifically the predator point of view team at video image are all credited very specifically. And I was really happy about that because those guys made some great looking frames of this film. So I'm going to read their names okay? and that'll, that'll be my MVP situation for this one. So the coordinator at video image, Robert Grasmere, and then the crew, which I verified that like their new credits on IMDb, they have changed some of their names around a little bit. Uh, You got, John Desjardins, a.k.a. John DJ Desjardins. That's how he wants to be called now. Uh, James Fred, Fred Donaldson, Larry Patoker, Antoine Durr, Larry Weiss, Roger Porches, Carolyn Allen, and Scott D. Peterson. Those guys made some amazing stuff happen in that warehouse scene we talked about. Yeah. And the, the you get more of the Predator vision throughout the movie, but that was my favorite, like, like uh mode on his helmet or whatever so that's when it jumped off for me there for sure but yeah that special effects crew really really did some cool stuff so i wanted to talk about them for just a second here 
but that that we did in our in the context of that scene. So there it is. So that's your MVP. Great. So I didn't do any yeah. hard digging for mine. I thought I thought a lot of things rose to the surface. And for me, it was uh, mm-hmm. Bill Paxton, who just like okay, he. This is the second time where he, in a sequel to a better movie, plays mm-hmm. a really annoying character that eventually grows on you. First time being Hicks. Yeah. He plays Hicks mm-hmm. where he's like just super obnoxious and then like, game over, man, game over, very nasally, like in both scenes. And then he like, Hicks dies in Aliens. Yeah. And then you move on to this movie and like, same thing. So I'm like, Bill Paxton kind of like perfectly plays like. Okay. A likable... I, I, I knew you did this, and I, I'm going to have to... He's Hudson, is he not? Hicks is, is Michael Bien. Oh, yeah, that's right. right. Hudson. Right. Which I know you have, like, some innate disdain for aliens, so I understand why that happened, but we just need to, you know, before we get the mail... It's okay, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, the only character that's worth knowing Knives, is Knives, sharp sticks. So... Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, kind of go, goes <laughs> to my point of why I call it John Cameron. I know his name's James. I just... Oh, I, oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, I just don't care enough about yeah hey that makes sense hicks because hicks dies in three and it's yeah um yeah so hudson whatever so bill paxton plays a <laughs> sniveling Sorry. character yeah. yeah and at the beginning and then eventually kind of grows like becomes more brave by the end but then is killed type of thing uh that mm-hmm. he does this twice uh unfortunately he doesn't do it in true lies which is kind of great yeah, which true is, lies. He's but he gets embarrassed. He does get so embarrassed. it's kind of. I always felt yeah. like there's two careers for Bill Paxton. There's the James Cameron career of Bill Paxton, where it's like I'm gonna keep you under my finger. You're not gonna ever play a hero. You're never gonna play a, a really good guy. And then Twister happens. Yeah. And then Twister kind of built like the oh Bill Paxton is now a star who can be brave right from the beginning. I enjoy. Yeah. I have a real fondness for Twister. No, I'm being, I'm being like, I'm being like, yeah. I remember being a kid and being like, oh, and I almost have like two images of Bill Paxton, and it's like the sniveling guy with the mustache, or something, and then the mm-hmm. like the guy who's just like a good guy in Twister who's just wants to be listened to and save people forward. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's who he played after that going forward. He did two careers. Anyways. So yeah, Bill Paxton's my and, MVP. And, and I haven't seen Big Love, like his HBO show, yeah, so neither. I don't know what that's all about. But um, but yeah, yeah, so Bill Paxton's my MVP. I thought he was a lot of fun. He brought in some comedic relief, even if you were laughing at how bad his jokes were. So, Hmm. Uh, I, he was definitely like runner-up, I guess, in my head, because it was just the, I didn't get enough. Like I, oh, sure. I, was, I was really hoping to ride out the end of the movie with him. So mm-hmm. that was the only thing. But there you go. So the video image crew, uh, Bill Paxton, uh, we're going to move into our question segment here. Uh, if you want to send us a question, you can reach us in a couple places now uh, at OK Video Podcast, conceivably OK Video Podcast on Instagram. It's a, not a great way to ask questions, but you could. Well, there's definitely a way like I'm not on tw- I'm not on the Twitter thing. But if you want to ask a question that you, either one of us can answer. Instagram is yeah. definitely the way to go. You can message or people. Or email on, us. You can message yeah. people on Instagram. Sure, you can send us some text there. It's just like, I won't think to look there for like a query about something, but I, well, you could see it. Uh, and then Ryan at okvo.ca or Nathan at okvo.ca. I'm going to pull from a little uh, library I, I have here. Um, the one I'm going to go with this time is like, was there ever a movie you felt really rug pulled by? Uh, you went in with just a set of expectations, and then the movie that you saw was just oh, I was I had the wrong idea about what this was going to be. For a positive or a negative? 
either way, like in this movie, I was kind of like with the Bill Paxton thing, I guess, put it on my brain of just like I felt like, oh, I want more of that. But that's not the, really the greatest example. Uh, one I know we share maybe is the movie Knowing, where I went in not really sure what that was about. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, this is like a bigger scale thing than I was thinking. I think like, you and I apocalyptic, went. You and I you know. went to that movie to see in theaters because we were like, oh, we like Alex Proyas. We were pro Nicolas Cage. Roger Ebert gave it four stars. I think we were fascinated by Roger Ebert's four-star review and then the world just ratting. I thought our circumstances were even weirder than that. I thought we were there to see something else and we got like free passes. No, no, we definitely did. But I'm saying like, I'm saying going into it, we were like, oh, I'm definitely intrigued why Roger would give this four stars, but the rest of the world hates this movie. Right, and it, it looked like a horror movie to me, as I recall from yes. the trailers. Yeah, or no, because like they, they didn't really know how like, to advertise Oh, that. there's this scary little girl and like a there was a, a time capsule and something mm-hmm. and i was like they, clearly like they didn't know how to like market this film at all yeah yeah which is kind of fair there's there is weird horror elements right at the very beginning that slowly disappear once the, the like what the mystery gets resolved type yeah of thing. and it becomes just this big like the world is going to end yeah know, like, to, like disaster film. stuff um yeah, yeah. yeah no definitely annoying was one of them i think we both walked out pleasantly surprised um yeah and understanding a bit more about Roger. I think we both kind of came out of that being like, oh, Roger Ebert kind of knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. No, he was he was a big champion for that one. I, honestly, uh, on, go ahead. Yeah. Well, it's just, I, I that's a positive one. I have a negative one in my back pocket, but if you have another. No, I'm still one. thinking. Like, the, my biggest rug pulls are like, like, it's like a rug pull in the movie where I'm just like, I'm fully with the character and something. And then all of a sudden, like pull that rug out from underneath me and I'm falling. Oh, sure. Like, let's hear it. So one of the worst ones for me was like Shutter Island. Like I was, Oh, okay. Man, I was walking with Leo in that movie and I was like, there are Nazis experimenting on human beings in that watchtower, in that lighthouse. And when he got in there and there's nothing there, but like Ben Kingsley saying, Hey, you're crazy. I sat there being like, yep, that makes more sense. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. I was with oh, him yeah. every step of the way, okay. and then all of a sudden, no, I'm crazy. I am a crazy. No, person. that that's a beautiful, like, skillful, twisty thing. Like that. Like I guess the rug pull implies, like, you know, in grade two, that guy pulled the chair out from my desk when I was trying to sit, and I fell over, and I was really mad. <laughs> yeah. That's not, you know, that's a bad experience. the The cool way is when like a magician really focuses your attention on like this one thing in front of you. And then you turn behind you and the whole room has changed. Yeah. Kind of thing. Uh, like, prestige, I guess would be prestige Shutter. would be another one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Where it was just like, Oh Where man, like, there are two Christian bales. There's two of them. Right. Skillful twistery. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, the negative one for me, like was tone wise. And this is like from this era of predator Two. really is my girl. The like cute, fun Macaulay mm-hmm. Culkin movie. And then it's like, oh, yeah, this is about death. Get ready for a sad night. And it was like, oh, what? Like, I was just not wanting that in any way from anything that was happening. So that's like a scarring movie, <laughs> you know. But that's, I guess, yeah, but it is a scarring movie for many people. So that's the the pull. Like, that was like, oh, I just, I like the Home Alone movies. And I was just having a good time. What, just want to watch. Beasting scare. Yeah. Thanks for a phobia. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, honestly, like right now I'm sitting here being like, like rug pull as in like, I went in with something completely in mind. Uh, why? I mean, I, the negative ones would be like, you and I went and saw the Clone Wars movie in theaters and I thought I was oh, ready yeah. for Star Wars and I wasn't. 
emotionally yeah. ready for Star Wars. And the, the music hit, like the opening credit music, and it was different than John Williams. And I was like, Nathan, we have to leave. Like, I can't watch this. I know, I, I know. Go. And then, like, that series went on to grow into a totally different thing. That, like, like, I, I love so now. Judgy. Like, I love it. Like, I actually yeah. really liked that TV show. And I just, at the time, I was just, like, still mourning George Lucas was done with Star Wars and Star Wars was finished. Yeah, it's just like this is too tonally different from what I was expecting to sit down to this this afternoon. Yes. So we should just go get lunch. Yeah, yeah. It like, was a really weird judgy moment. Yeah, let's yeah. go get our refunds before the half hour. Because the only other movie I've walked out of is What Planet Are You From? That Mike Nichols comedy with Gary Shandling. Oh, yeah. It's the only other movie okay. I've ever walked out of. Like I, and I was just like twenty minutes in, I was like not laughing once, and I was like, this is bad. Like this is just a bad mm. movie. And to be fair, the world mm. agreed with me. It is a bad movie. Okay. So, yeah, I don't think so I, I can't think of like a off the top of my head. I can't think of a rug pull, like other that than like the like Shutter Island in type of like sense. where it's set up in the plot that there's a rug pull. No, but that that's some different dimensions of it. I, there's no correct answer. No, no, no. But, yeah, but yeah. I appreciated what you you had to say about knowing because I was like, yeah, that is a great example of like we went in being like, what is this, and then all of a sudden we're like, oh, this is actually kind of great. Yeah, I'm almost like, was there another movie where the marketing really set me up for a fun surprise? Like, again, Rise is like a fun surprise movie for me, too, because oh, yeah. I thought it was going to be You and bad. I thought that movie was like, we were like, I know that they were, they were stuck in reshoots forever. Uh, like, I knew about that movie years before it came out, and then I was like, knew they were reshooting it. They they dumped it at the end of August, like, where you know it was like no man's land of like, good movies don't come out in August, good blockbusters don't come out in August. And you and I begrudgingly went and saw it. I and I know you like absolutely fell in love with it. Yeah, yeah. So and it's like shots from the trailer just in in the correct context hit in ways they didn't. Mm-hmm. Like when it was trying to hype it up, it was like a gorilla jumps at a helicopter. Yeah, okay. But then when it's like, no, dude, Buck save those apes, and it was the most heroic thing I saw today. Like Buck, it was a Buck, totally different. When, thing. when it's Buck jumps at the helicopter, all of a sudden you're like, oh, never mind. That's that's yes. the, that's the stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that that's one in a in a grand sense where I was really happy with what happened. <laughs> oh, like you oh you pulled the rug but you replaced it with a way better rug than <laughs> yes. the one I had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is amazing. You looked so down at your feet happened. and you're like, "Oh, I thought I was what walking pre- on carpet, but this is like Parisian? This is amazing." So, man, I I, I regret owning that old thing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I know. I guess true. I mean, I guess I've been I've gone more of the ones I've gone in excited about a movie and come out being like, "Oh, that was only okay." One of the more recent ones was Baby Driver. I was so excited for Baby Driver because I was just like, man, like, oh, it's not in the, it's not in the Simon Pegg universe. Like it's, and like Scott Pilgrim was so good, like so good. Oh man. Oh, and he's going to do this with car driving action films. Edgar Wright's going to kill it. And then just like, this is not good. Yeah. I don't know. Like, but we, I felt like we were in some weird little grouch bubble, but I agree. No, no, I don't think we are. Emerge into this critical realm. And it was like, Wow, yeah, Edgar Wright really crushed it. And I was like, You don't I, really Oh man. Something I, just I'm gonna go on I a, wish you were right. I'm gonna go on my yeah. soapbox really quickly here because something that really frustrates me is like this like weird backwards way where we kinda like are super hypocritical as a society with what movies we like. Because as soon as a movie's only okay or not great and it has like the male gaze or um pixie manic girl type of thing where like these tropes that oh, are like yeah, deeply which, sexist there's totally that in that movie yeah we are like no this movie's bad for these reasons but the moment we like a movie like baby driver and we point to her like oh it's so great and we ignore the fact that that girl in that movie the main character she has zero motivation aside from waiting for this criminal whom she yeah. just met 
And he has a actually midway through the film, there's a fantasy where he comes out of jail. She's wearing a pure white dress, implying that she's still this untouched virgin waiting for him after all these years that he's been in jail for. And all mm-hmm. we're doing, we're excited about this because Ansel Eggard walked around the street and and walked and the film was cut to music. And it's like, who the hell cares? And listen to some like deep cut queen track. Oh, who the hell cares? Around. Like it was yeah. like, it was like Edgar Wright sat down and he's like, Hey, you know who, uh, who like, what's cool that guardians the soundtrack, but you know, what's not cool about it. The fact that they hit all, they took all the hits and I'm like, screw oh you, man. Oh my goodness. That the music in that movie, like I followed him on Twitter for a while and it was like recommending his music and stuff. It's like, man, this is like an obnoxious music nerd yes. where it's like, Oh sure, there's that song. I guess if that it's Jack you're... Black in yes. High Fidelity, where you're just like he yeah. is the record store snob that nobody likes, but then you, everyone wants to be cool, and so mm-hmm. therefore they're like, yeah, no, like that Baby Driver soundtrack. I'm like, there's a reason why none of those songs are remembered because good songs stick with us and bad songs don't. You can't sit there just and say sonically, yeah. it's almost math or or something. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I felt weirdly judged by that movie. Yes, like it's like. Oh, sorry, your iPod wasn't cool enough. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, thanks, Edgar. Uh, I just didn't think you made a no, very fun Honestly, movie, and so. I felt like he was judging James Gunn. Like, honestly, I thought, like, this Baby Driver coming out just immediately post after Guardians, like, kind of hit big with this, like, retro soundtrack. And it was yeah. just, like, super judgy of, of But I was like, here's the thing. Like, in the story of that movie, like, Peter Quill's mom made him the best of hits, which would have been radio plays. Mm-hmm. And so the, he was always going to have the the best hits and the biggest hits, like Ansel Eggert just listening. And also, there's like fifty thousand songs in that movie. You never really get mm-hmm. to feel one song shine because it's just constantly on loop. There's another song. Kevin Spacey's also in it, so let's remember that. I know it's like oh, this immediately got tarnished, but we're still giving it the thumbs. Yeah, uh, and it has like right. the best action is at the beginning of the movie and progressively gets worse throughout. There's one funny uh, gag, one actual funny gag that I still think is actually hilarious. Uh, and it's a based in a real life thing that wasn't even written that Edgar Wright was like, oh, we should keep this. Uh, they couldn't get the rights to the Michael Myers mask. So they went oh. to Mike Myers and said, hey, can we get your mask? Because we have an idea of someone being like, like, hey, you should have got the Mike like Myers mask. And it's like, and I am. This is Mike Myers. And I'm like, that is funny. That's, that's but pretty, that was not premeditated. It was just going to be a Michael Myers mask. Great. So, like, again, happy accident, I guess. I guess so, but not also, like, not pointing towards the genius that is Edgar Wright. I'm just not convinced that there's a genius of Edgar Wright anymore. I don't know. Man, I like World's End so much, But you're the only one! Nobody who likes the Cornetto trilogy, nobody says that that's the best one. Uh, It's the character of King is so good to me. I don't know what it is. I know. Nathan, I'm not taking away from it. It's it's not my favorite of the three, but you're, like, one of those, like few that kind of points towards that one is the best one and the rest of us say maybe it was where i was or something with old friends or something it was like a really like sharp thing for me (laughs) when that movie came along and they're fighting robots together like they're i don't know no it's but yeah yeah anyways but okay i don't i'm off my soapbox we're not talking about Edgar Wright. we're talking about soapbox way we'll save it for next week when we talk about uh nightmare on elm street 2 freddy's revenge Directed by Jack Shoulder of, uh, you know, like the hidden fame yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> and there's sort of like a kinship here, too, with Stephen Hopkins, because he directed the fifth film in the franchise, which we're not going to talk about very much. And also Rennie episode. Harlan, who we talked about a lot, also directed in that franchise. Yeah. Favorite favorite of the of the OK Video show, I think, at this point. He's going to keep coming up. 
but okay. Uh, until then, though, I'm Nathan. And I'm Ryan. Bye-bye for now.